Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We believe you were created to make a difference. So we want to equip you to lead your generation in whatever setting you find yourself in. So whether it's your high school, middle school, college campus, or anywhere in between, we want to help you point others to Jesus. everybody and welcome to the overtime episode we just wrapped up session number two with josh wellborn and now it's time to break it down and break who's, here, radio who's here, here to break it down break it down can you guys have lower just go lower I salute Nope, can't, go <laughs> can't do it. But I'm here to break it down with my boys, Aaron Holt and Colin Robinson. I'm the host, the George Jordan Cleric. Happy to do it. And 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 let me let me let's start here. Josh Wellborn just dropped a bomb on us. At the very end. Yeah. He was saying good stuff the whole he, time. He and then did. he just went. Bah! He just held out to the very end and then was like. And he's like, and by the way, here it is. Here's the main thing. Okay. And, and so if you have not listened to that, go back. I'd like for you to listen to the whole thing, not just the end. Yeah. They're going to fast forward right yeah, to the last minute. 15 seconds at a time. Right. I listen to Spotify. So I, that's how I do it. But yes, uh, he threw it down. And r- as soon as we finished recording, the three of us looked at each other and we said, whoa, let's double click on that. So, so here's kind of what he was getting at. He was talking about follow me as I follow Christ, right? Or, or, or more, you could say the reverse of it. You shouldn't be leading if you aren't following Christ. But then he talked about the difference between scra- uh, scraping our way to the top, grinding our way up there, first following Jesus to the platform. That really stuck out to me. I'll, I'll throw it out in a general sense. Any reflections on that? What, what was going through your mind when he said that? The difference between following Jesus or scraping your way to the top. The the point he made was for me was in the word insecurity because he said, you know, if you, if you grind it out and you scrape your way to the top of whatever the top is for you in your context, in your world, in your life, but, it, but if you kind of get there with your own grit, your own skill, your own might, your own intellect, and you know that that's how you arrive there. Once you get there, you live in a perpetual state of insecurity. That's what Josh was saying. You live in a perpetual state of insecurity because you then become threatened by everyone around you who's, who's trying to do the same thing that you did to get there. They're doing the same thing. And so everyone's a threat now, which if you want to put a biblical context to it, that's Saul. Saul was fine as a king until he got insecure and threatened by David. Hmm. And the moment David came on the scene and Saul Dude, entertained insecurity, out. Saul lost his way in a hurry. Yeah. That was the part that hit me the, the, the most was just being willing to allow God to establish and elevate you in his way, in his timing, uh, in his place, in his position. And then if God put you there, yeah, you don't have to defend yourself to men because God's the one who ordained for you to be there. Yeah, it was a very, uh, very convicting statement because I think back on like some of my own leadership experience and I'm like, there was a specific time when it was insecurity that was motivating so much of why I would work harder, why I would try harder and none of it was fulfilling along the way. Like I'd get to the point where I'd be like, oh, wow, this is where I feel like God actually wants me to be. But I couldn't even receive that because it was all me that got myself there. And it was almost like this moment where like, if, if you're actually like 
if you can kind of like visualize it of like that I'm following Jesus, like it felt like I ran over to some other path and I was on it and Jesus was waiting for me to come back and be like, I'm going to take you where I actually want you to go and where's going to be the most fulfilling, but I need you to actually come back to this. Mm. Are you following Jesus or are you asking Jesus to follow you? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like Jesus, is this okay? What I'm doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait, I have a question though, because I hear what you're saying. And actually, I think the reason I have a, a reaction to it is because it's, it's convicting, but then I'm looking at the alternative and I don't think that sounds right either. Are we just supposed to sit there in our youth group? Like the little uh, wallflower, is that the expression? Like, I hope my youth pastor knows how spiritual I am and notices me. There's part of me that's like, isn't leadership like kicking down the door and making something happen for yourself and being the first to... Yeah, I don't. What's I, the, what's the ten, I, I don't know. Yeah, Do you, so here, I, for me, I, the way I I see that is instead of asking the question, how can I lead? How can I be in charge? How can I be the leader? It's it's asking the question, how can I help you? How can oh, I serve? Okay, but no. but that's right. so the initiative is yeah. still in on you is yeah. what I'm getting yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. That's the most important thing I'm getting at. Um, well, I mean, the most important thing is this is the service mentality. But second to that is you do have to initiate that as uh, as a student, as a college student, and, you know, even as an adult serving in church, you do have to initiate with your leader your desire to serve, yeah, mm-hmm. your desire to help. I tell my own kids all the time, uh, you will never be unemployed in life if you are the type of employee that's always asking your boss, what can I do to help you today? Hmm. Okay, so how selfish of me then to to state, you know, how does this all revolve around me? How do I get noticed? How do I get on a microphone? How do I get on the worship team? Whatever. As opposed to just, how do I help grow this youth group? How do I help my youth pastor? How can I serve? Okay, but, you know? and, and that's work though. And I, I like, I feel like, I gotta say this though, because there's, there is a lot of work that you have to put on a leadership. There is a lot of grinding, but most of the time the issue is we're not working on the right things. Mm. Like if you're genuinely like, I want to be a leader. So what that means is I need to make sure that I have enough followers or that I'm being in these leadership positions and I'm trying to get those leadership positions and I'm putting my work towards that, towards getting noticed rather than, okay, like I've got some of my own issues. I've got my own friendships over here. Am I working on the important things? Hmm. Like there's students and I, like I was this student in high school where I feel called into ministry. I also have a pornography addiction. I'm going to work really hard so that people notice me and they think that I'm special rather than working on this issue over here. Well, okay. So, so that actually brings me back to the first thought I had on the podcast. He was talking about follow me as I follow Christ. And I, I do feel like there's a little bit of a tension between like failing, but then being like, oh, still follow me. You know, I'm, I'm literally not reading my Bible. I'm, you know, I'm messing up all the time. I'm cussing when I'm around certain friend groups follow me as I follow Christ. Like I, it's not that I'm being fake. I am trying to follow Jesus. I'm just doing a kind of bad job at it. That's how I felt a lot of high school. That's how I felt all of middle school and a lot of high school. So do I wait and say, follow me as I follow Christ once I've got, I don't know, a month from looking at something bad. At the, like what, uh, how, how on earth am I supposed to be able to say that when I'm failing? I think, oh. Aaron looked like he had something good he wanted to say. I don't know if it's good, but I have something I want to say. Go ahead. Yeah, you no, go you, first. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that kind of a statement right there, that's a very, that's not how we would say it today. 
So if I'm looking at somebody, I'm not going to say to them like, Hey, come follow me. Really? Like what I want to say is, Hey, come with me. Like, let's pray together. Instead of saying like, follow me, I'm following Jesus. I want other people to follow Jesus too. Hmm. Like I'm not standing in the way between other people and being like, okay, look at me. And then you're going to be able to see Jesus clearly. What I'm going to try to do, if I'm that, like, if I'm in that situation, what I'm going to do is I'm going to point people right to Jesus and be like, I'm not perfect. That's, that's never going to be the place that I'm at. But what I'm going to do is say, come with me. I want you to see the person that's perfect. So, so we, I almost got a little triangle in my mind and it's less follow me and more as I follow Christ, AKA the triangle would be like, you're not following me. I'm pursuing Jesus at the top. So you also pursue Jesus at the top. That, 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 that second part, as I follow Christ, kind of supersedes the follow me. It can be. Christ. It can be. And then there's other times whenever you will be able to show Jesus just by your own actions, where the love that you show to other people, they'll see Jesus in that. There's some cultural context to Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Jesus used the same vernacular when he called the disciples, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's a very rabbinical phrase, right? They were, they were, Jesus was a rabbi and that was very typical for rabbis in a Jewish culture to say to their students, follow me. Right. Um, Paul was mentored and trained by rabbis in a sense, you know, he was one himself, even though he never really claimed that title. So there is a little bit of that cultural context there um, in the sense of, of them saying, follow me as I follow Christ, that you, that you and I don't fully understand the gravity of those yeah. words in the way that uh, a listener or reader of Paul's, you know, letter to the church of Corinth, when he says that in first Corinthians 11 would, would take it or the way even Jesus would say it. So there's, there's there. I, I, the thing that Josh said that really struck me though, and that's what you guys have just, you've already emphasized was, was the second part, you know, it's not follow me. I got it all together. I figured it out. I am walking in perfection as a follower of Christ. That wasn't Paul's emphasis. Paul's emphasis was follow me as I follow Christ, meaning I'm figuring it out. I'm still following. I'm not perfect. So I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you be like me in my perfection. I'm telling you be like me in my pursuit of Christ. Okay. There it is. Okay. Uh, I'm coming now to the table you guys need to psychoanalyze me. All right. I'm, oh, I'm coming okay, to Colin, count. Colin has the master's degree. So this I, is all yes. you, buddy. I'm coming to, the, to <laughs> counseling. That. What, that sounds like, why would I do that? How could I possibly tell you, follow me when I'm not doing it perfect? What is wrong with me or us that it, it feels like the only way I feel comfortable telling you follow me as I follow Christ is if I can look at you and be like, I'm doing it well. What is it about our culture or maybe me? Because it feels when you said that I went, Oh, would I ever do that? Would I ever say like, I am not doing it a hundred percent perfect. I would, I would love to tell you, follow me as I follow Christ when I'm killing it, when I'm doing it perfect. So that's my issue. That's my problem. Break it down. Why, so why am I like that? Your assumption is that you cannot be in, inspired by another person unless the person who's doing the ins, inspiring or the person who's inspirational is perfect. Mm-hmm. And that person doesn't exist. Oh, you know, I'm not, I mean, there that, it is. That, not, that yeah. person does not exist. Our culture wants to make us think that, that, you know, to some degree, there are people out there like that who are just, just perfect in every single way. But our culture is also 
known, especially recently, for canceling all those people the moment they find out something about them in their past or the moment that they oh, don't yeah. you know, so fall, that fall in line with the status quo of whatever culture says is the new norm, right? So following the leader or finding the leader who inspires you out of their perfection does not exist. The best you're ever going to get is a leader who owns the fact that they mess up and is willing to still be an example for us, not only in the areas where they're strong, but also in the areas where they're weak. What I hear, do you think? I hear a lot of insecurity in that type of statement. And I'm saying that because I have that in so many different aspects of my life. And recently what I've been recognizing is there's a big difference between insecurity and humility. And the reality is those types of statements of like, all right, follow me as I follow Christ. That's like a very relational thing. One of the things that we're told to do is to go into the world and make disciples. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. That's something we are told to do. My insecurity is going to tell me you're not ready for that. When I have humility, I'm saying, all right, I'm going to submit. I don't have to be good at this and I'm going to try my best, but I'm going to submit and I'm going to try. Hmm. And that's, that's the big difference of, I don't necessarily have to be amazing at this right off the bat, but statements like that and things that we genuinely have to do, like I know like in the Bible, there's tons of commands, but just loving other people, forgiving other people, some of the basic things that we have to do that we're like, ah, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Like whenever you step into humility and you're saying like, I, I know I need to do this and I'm going to try to do this. God's able to bless that so much more, more so than whenever you're like, I don't know that I can do it. I'm not the best at this. Let's get somebody else. Man, Colin, I love your distinction between humility and insecurity because they can kind of start from the same launching point and then they angle very differently. You know, one mm -hmm. angles you erroneously away from Christ and one actually kind of puts you on the same path that Jesus walked. I also think it's really important for us to remember that, that, you know, the follow me as I follow Christ is so that way we can end up sitting at the feet of Jesus who is perfect mm. and who's the best. Yeah. I think a lot of times youth culture, youth groups, um, uh, honestly, any Christian organization can accidentally make the pastor or the person who's on the microphone, the end goal. Yeah. You know, like, man, if I was just like that, well, I know I'm not that I know I'm not perfect. So I can't tell you, follow me as I follow Christ. Oh, wait, if Jesus is the end goal, then let's just both run after him together. Okay. I have, I have a question that might be like, a, um, before you no, go, let me sure. jump in real quick. Um, do you guys remember the podcast we did? I think it was last season, season two with, I, I think if I remember correctly, it was Chris Stanley. Um, and he talked about how Paul consistently changed how he oh. introduced himself at yes, the yes, beginning yes, of oh, all yeah, of his yeah, letters. Yeah. And in his earlier letters, it was like, I, Paul, apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, it was like, I, Paul, chief among all sinners. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, but I think that's the, the process that you guys are referring to ultimately is, is recognizing like, you know, just because I, I, I know that I'm going to follow the command to help disciple other people. Right. I don't do that out of a place of perfection or out of a place of arrogance or out of a place of I know that I've got it all together. I actually do that out of a place of deep humility and deep gratitude because I know what I came from mm. and I know what I've overcome. Right. And then and I would also just add one one last thought here for me on this topic. The leaders and mentors in my life that have influenced me hands down the most also are the people that have messed up 
but have had enough humility to say, let's go, man, I messed up. Let's go there. Please forgive me. Or, or, you know, they model for me what it looks like to follow Christ in their imperfection. That's far more inspiring. It's relatable. Far more relatable to me to watch somebody follow Christ in the midst of failure and not having it all figured out. That's far more relatable than the person who's like, man, they just, they got it all together. I can't yeah. relate to that. Yeah. Okay. So you actually set up the question I was going to ask way better than it. So thank yes. you for that share. Yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> let's put some skin on this then. So, okay. I'm feeling inspired. I do feel like I want to tell my, my best friends, let's come on, let's go for Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. How do I set up that conversation? Super practical. Now, how do I say that to them in a way that they're not disappointed when I fall? Do I have to kind of be like, listen, guys, I am chief of all sinners and I'm going to mess up above, but follow me. Like how, how does a teenager or a young adult do this? Do they have to kind of air their dirty laundry? Is it wise to be in a habit of doing that? How do we do this in a way that they're not disappointed? And I give off this impression that I'm, I'm perfect. Follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> Why is everyone looking at me? I don't know. I'm oh, not I sure. Okay. I'm okay. the one just all asking right. all the questions okay. today. I think, uh, you know, like at the beginning of like a dating relationship, whenever like people are like, they're just amazing and they're perfect. They have no flaws and they're just amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, th- you don't know them. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, but that right there, I think that's like the issue is there's times whenever you're trying to follow Jesus, you don't know Jesus that well that you're even following that much. Mm. And whenever you're actually following Jesus, you're going to have a genuine relationship there. Relationship that, yeah, there's going to be like some vulnerable things, but most of the time what will unattract people to Jesus is whenever we sell it or whenever we're telling them like, this is the best thing ever. I don't have any problems anymore and my life is absolutely perfect. Like that is just a wrong representation of who we're following. And that's where people are going to be like, Oh, like, I don't want to follow that. But also like from the flip side, it's not like my life is still a mess and it's still a problem. Like that's not what we're trying to sell. We're, or even sell what we're trying to tell other people is about a relationship that we have. So similar to man, like, Hey, this is my friend. Do you want to meet him? You don't have to overcomplicate it or make it out to be something that it's not. You can say it of, Hey, I've got a friend and he's absolutely amazing that loves me no matter what, who is there for me to support me and encourage me no matter what, and has brought purpose and has brought so many wonderful things into my life. That's not denying some of the hard realities in life, but it's speaking to some of the deep things that people actually need Hmm. that like connection and security and love. That's something that every human being needs. And whenever we're talking about that in a relationship of, Hey, if we do this together and we're able to really get closer to Jesus, you're going to see some amazing things happen. Hmm. That doesn't deny reality, but it really involves and accepts so much of the truth about what a relationship with Jesus brings. Okay. Huh? Good advice. Really solid advice. I think when you and I say to another person, whether we use these exact words that Paul used or not our own words, but when we say to someone else, follow me as I follow Christ, that is not and should not be a statement of our view that we are superior, that we have superiority in, in our spirituality. And, and so let me help all you little people out there who can't yeah. figure out stuff. So it's not a statement of superiority. It's actually a statement of your recognition and need for spiritual community. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, let's all do this together. Right. So practically speaking, 
you know, get your friends together and say, let's do a Bible study together. Get your friends together and say, hey, let's just have a little time where we pray for one another. You know, what if we all just jumped on FaceTime once a week and, you know, just we just we just talk about God and what God's doing in our life and we pray for one another. You know, all of those little things could be very simple first steps to to you as a student leader on your college campus and your high school campus doing exactly what Paul did. And you might not use the exact words he's, he used, but but you're recognizing we need one another. We need spiritual community. And I want I you love to f- that, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not, it's not a statement of superiority. It's a statement of I need spiritual community. Well, the way you just said it about FaceTime too, it was less about follow me. It's just kind of like, here's an idea I have to follow Christ. Yeah. So it's less like, look at me and that's your example. But I sin sometimes. And I, it, you're, you're right. It's as simple as just saying, hey. Here's an idea that we could do during lunch. Yeah. It's kind of follow me, but mostly as I follow Christ. You're just, you're just influencing that way. And then, you know, community sharpens you. Yeah. And so Proverbs 27 says, you know, as, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And that's what Paul was doing. That's what he was saying. Yeah. And also we're not, you know, we're not writing a New Testament letter and we're not inviting our friends to live a nomadic lifestyle. Thank follow goodness. me. As I, yeah. yeah. It is, it is just as simple as, you know, what can we do to pursue Jesus and, more? I'll, I'll be even, the first. We don't even know that Paul understood that he was writing a New Testament letter when he yeah. wrote that letter to the church in Corinth. That's he was true. just trying to encourage them to say, Hey, I'm doing my best to set an example for you. As I follow Christ, come on, let's follow Christ together. I love that. I love that. Any parting thoughts? Colin, great, amazing. Ah, what a good man. What another awesome overtime episode. I always love being able to kind of attend this small group. And thank you for those of you that listened along, uh, jumping in our our small group. Hey, if you want to add any thoughts, something that we didn't say that you you thought or maybe a story you'd like to tell us, uh, all of our social media is there in the show notes. I would love to hear from some of you. Students, we believe you are called to lead your generation. Maybe we could say, have others follow you as you follow Christ. So make sure you do that with passion for Christ, but of course, love for others. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much.